Oh, it's time for the On to Something podcast. This podcast is for those who are in the first third of life or walking with those in the first third of life and want to do it well. Today, we've got the third Infinity Stone challenge that will be talked about today. If you have not heard about the Infinity Stone challenge, you need to stop. Do not pass go. Don't collect $200. Well, I don't know who you'd collect it from. But go back and listen to the trailer in order to know what season three is all about. And without further ado, here we go. Another Zane Walk. Posture, not picture. My first question for you is, have you experienced the munchy munchies? The diagnosis for this is quite easy and simple to identify. Let's go ahead and try it in your life really quick. If you've ever gone to the grocery store hungry, bought a ton of items, and then you've come home to find out that no matter how many times you run the combinations, you don't have any ingredients that will form an actual meal. If you have done this, you have experienced a case of the munchy munchies. Now, don't worry, this has happened to me so often, I should just schedule it on my Google Calendar after my long runs on Saturdays. It's this experience that's actually led me to the sorrowful conclusion that Pop-Tarts and Chip Ahoy cookies cannot be staple foods, no matter how hard I try. If you've ever felt the munchy munchies, as I like to call it, then Pumbaa's words from the new Lion King movie probably resonate with you. As you go home and you lie on your kitchen floor and you're saying, what have I done? You could say his words of, oh, the shame. It makes me just want to change my name. We, Carolina and I actually laugh about that scene a lot because in the new one, uh, Timon actually is like, what, change your name to Brad? But it does bring a lot of shame for us because we know that in the pit of our stomachs, our shame comes out of the lack of ability to control our desires and appetites. We need the nourishment of a well-cooked meal, but often we'll scarf down a bunch of snacks like we're at a Super Bowl party. For those who are in the first third of life, though, I've found that this is a holistic problem, not just a pantry problem. This is an entire life problem. It's a problem because there's a deep hunger in the first third of life to start living the life that you've been given, to live out the picture of the future that we desire. But the truth is, is that we can't quite describe what the picture is. It's a powerful hunger, a hunger that makes us do things we would have never imagined. It makes us rush down the aisles of life, trying to make all these different decisions and viewing all the options that are available to us. But usually we're coming home still empty and directionless. Let me put it for you very straightforward. If you've struggled with making decisions about your future, let me back it up even further. If you've ever struggled just making decisions about what you should do with the space that you have given in your life, this episode is for you. Welcome to the Space Stone when you think about your future, do you think about it in terms of picture or in terms of a posture? 
when I find 20-somethings finally have the green light in their life to actually start living the life that they've been given, uh, usually it feels like a lot of them take Shakira's advice from her latest song in Zootopia. Now, granted, listening to Shakira is not a bad instinct. I think all of us should pay attention to that instinct, even though I have found that my hips actually do lie because when I actually move them, people ask me to stop moving them, but that's more for my counselor and I to work out. But I'm sure you remember the whole Zootopia album with Shakira, but just as a refresher, one of Shakira's songs that's at the very top of the album is basically how every first third of life adult approaches their life in the beginning. The title of the song, Try Everything. This is the philosophy most people hold on to. Now, there is a little bit of space for this cliche kind of wisdom that comes with it. I'll admit that a lot of our fear and lack of understanding and missed moments of creativity, I think, actually come from a lack of exposure and trying different things. This approach to life, though, I have found is usually more hurtful than it is helpful when we tell people to try everything. And mostly that's because of my experience of when people in the first third of life here try everything, that usually translates to try all the things at the same time as quick as you can. One way to make us face this reality is to remember that every day you wake up, you are going to be faced with decisions on how to fill the space in your day. And how you fill the space in your day determines how you fill your years. And how you fill your years ultimately determines how you fill the space of your entire life. The space in between the day that you were born and the final day of your existence. In my opinion, I think that most people in the first third of life spend too much time trying everything and not enough time trying to identify their core values. It's a slight shift in perspective, but it helps people early on form a different perspective of how to live the life they've been given, even when they don't know what the picture of their future is going to look like. Now, let's unpack what a core value is. It sounds very like business-esque to say that someone has core values, but the actual idea of it is far from it. The idea is not mine. It's actually from Brene Brown, and she talks about it in her book, Dare to Lead. If you're going to exist in the world, Brene believes that core values can help you figure out how you should exist in the world. To simplify her definition, a core value is simply a way of being. It's your guiding principle. It's your compass to finding the North Star when you don't even know what the North Star looks like. It's, dare to say, a posture in life. And when she walks people through finding their core values, she starts with people culling through this massive list of all of these one words that represent core values. Uh, in our weekly email that goes out on Thursdays. We'll actually include what this list looks like. But let me give you a couple examples of core values. Uh, adaptability, commitment, courage, fun, knowledge, tradition, usefulness, wisdom. They're these overarching words. They're words 
that describe our filter, our lens in which we operate and see the world in. As I started to list some of those, are there any that come to mind for your core value? When people skim through this list that you can have access to later this week, she asked three relevant questions that help people drill down their core values. And maybe these questions can help you start thinking about yours. The first one is, what word best defines me? The second is, what word describes me at my best? And the third is what word explains the lens in which I filter the world through. So after I worked on her exercise and I've worked with the exercise with other people, I've discovered that discipline and practicality are my two core values. Discipline kind of explains myself where I'm at my best. Discipline is how I move projects from point A to point B. Discipline is how I stay in union with God. And it's also how I just find stability throughout my day, having discipline and rhythms. Practicality, that one is more on the lines of uh, it's my ultimate aim when I'm reading things. When I'm doing things for people, I'm always thinking on a practical level. It's also how I feel like I provide to the world. So I'm always asking the question of how can I make this accessible for someone? Practicality and discipline. Of course, you could chalk this up as one of those personal evaluations that you need to put on the shelf next to your Enneagram number or your strengths or your Meyer Briggs. But what I want to bring to your attention about core values is that they're helpful in identifying your posture, how you thrive while operating in life. Because in my experience, when I don't have a picture of what the future looks like, it's helpful for me to at least start with what's the posture that I want to have in whatever the future looks like. Another way of saying this is if you want to know yourself, you start with knowing the core values about yourself. You never know how you may find your future self in the midst of it. Let me put it this way. You're going to die. I'm not proud of it, but this last year I actually found that was my comforting word to someone. Yeah, I know. Not one of my best moments. But let me recap with how I even got to that place of giving that one line of terrible advice. I had a young adult in their first third of life reach out to me after their life had kind of gone off the rails. Uh, Although they were full of potential, their life at the time was full of being one thing, a hot mess express. They had dated two completely different people in one month. They had quit a job that they had spent two years trying to build towards and actually obtain. And they were making decisions on a weekly basis that were hurting other people. And it was time for us to press pause and reimagine life. So she started our conversation by saying how she had reached the conclusion that her purpose in life was to seek purpose in life. In hearing this, I just was like, what in the world? Like, 
how could one just reach the conclusion? You know what the one conclusion I do have is when someone says something like their purpose is to find purpose in life, they've been sipping on a little too much of academia nuance. Because I don't know anyone that feels like they have clarity when they say that their purpose is to search for purpose in life. One of the things that they actually train me in my field to do uh, when consoling someone is uh, not to let your own emotions come through in your guidance or your thoughts. And I wish I could say that this was one of those times, but obviously, as you know how I handled the situation, this was not one of those times. Sometimes I just become the wolverine when I hear people throwing away gifts or great opportunities in their lives. I rip my shirt, I howl, it's not pretty. But this terrible sentence fell out of my mouth because of how strong of emotions that I felt. If I could recap the story, it probably sounds something like this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop. Just stop. Stop all the madness. Stop all the last minute decisions. Let me help you step back and put it to you this way. You are going to die. They are either going to burn up your body at some point or put your body in a box in the ground. And when someone asks as they leave your funeral, what was she about? What do you want people to say? The following is silence achieved one thing. Awkwardness, of course. Little strong. Probably not my best move. But something amazing rose from the ashes of me just reframing life this way. She said, I don't have a picture of what it looks like, but then she confidently inserted, but I do know I want to be a voice for the voiceless. That's what I want to be about. I remember when she said that, I remember we were cooking then. We were cooking with some gasoline. That's what I'm talking about because as we kept discussing her thoughts, and what she wanted her life to be about, we were able to distill it down into two core values that play into the desire that she has for her future, even though she couldn't paint what her future actually looked like. At the end of the conversation, we reached an agreement that one of those core values was compassion. Compassion was going to be what was about to drive the boat for all the decisions that were coming up. So for the next couple of weeks, as the repairing and the healing was needing to happen, she decided how to handle her current relationship through the lens of compassion. Compassion is what helped her to actually make the decision about the next job that she said yes to, which she ended up saying no to two others in order to get to that one. It was how she decided to approach her friendships and to be able to address the hurts that were there. And here's the beauty with core values. Core values are about posture, not a picture. As much as we would love to have a picture of what our future life will look like, it's almost indefinite. Actually, the only way to definitely assure your future will not look a certain way is to plan a picture of it in your head and say, that's exactly how it's going to play out. But ultimately, you don't need a picture of your future. But what can help you is a posture a way of being that you desire to embody. And once you find that way, 
you embody and operate in the world in the present in the same way you hope to have in the future. Another way of saying it is that core values help posture you in a way that you will discover the picture of the future you you could have never created for yourself. It helps you find what you didn't even know you wanted. One decision at a time. One of the things that I've come to appreciate about core values is how they help with basically every decision that we encounter in life. And I'm not just talking about the hard questions in life. The questions like, do I have a strawberry Pop-Tart or a blueberry Pop-Tart? Which, first of all, that's a trick question. Your first question should always be, which one's unfrosted? Because we know that unfrosted is better than frosted. But anyways, we can discuss that later. The first third of life is going to deal you a plethora of decisions. Core values help you practice every level of decision that you are dealt. One of the ways I organize decisions in my brain is by identifying if it's an odometer decision, if it's a dashboard decision, or a road decision. Now, I know I'm kind of taking you back to driver's ed, but stay with me for a second here. In some ways, navigating life is like navigating a vehicle. And navigating a vehicle takes three levels of decisions. There's odometer decisions, which is just, if you were to look at your odometer, you would see gas, speed, oil, distance. In life, odometer decisions are up close daily decisions. How much do I currently have in the tank right now? How fast am I going in life? Do I need to speed up? Do I need to slow down? Do I need to park? Do I need to put and drive? Do I need to think back at what is happening at life? This is just the day-to-day decisions that are asked of us that we have to answer. But then there's dashboard decisions. So if you think about your dashboard, you could have the options of heating and cooling. You can be deciding what fat beat you're listening to on your radio. I know that one made me roll my eyes even as I said it. Uh, (laughs) dashboard decisions are these intermediate decisions that we decide in different seasons of life. It's the questions that we ask ourselves for the condition of life right now. Uh, Decisions like, uh, who are you currently listening to? Who are you learning from? What skills are you engaging and practicing? For those who are still in higher level education, what are you gaining in skills, learning in skills? What is this time of education for you? And then finally, there's road decisions. These are the major turns we take in life. These are the direction deciders, the big ones. Who am I going to do life with? What do I consider worth working towards in my life? These are the usual like crossroad decisions of do I stay on this path or do I go on a different path? Now, what's worth recognizing, though, is that you simply don't wait for big road decisions to just pop up. Most people think that big road decisions just kind of fall into our lap one day and then we got to decide it. Mm -mm -mm. This doesn't recognize that. Because odometer decisions and dashboard decisions actually lead you up to the red light, yellow light, green light of big road decisions. And this is where core values come in handy. They help form us into the posture 
in our odometer decisions and our dashboard decisions so that we're ready for the future decisions that are going to come. They help form us in a posture that when we actually get to a decision that helps lead to our future, we respond accordingly with it. So let me walk through an example. Um, I know I've got a couple of friends who family would be at their core value. So with an odometer decision, it, it could be as simple as, should I go spend time with my family this weekend? Okay, that question gets asked occasionally. You have to factor in if you have a spouse, how they feel about your family. You got to think about the travel time and uh, how you could possibly be tired from it. But if your core value is family, even if you go and you come back tired, it's an investment of time that will honestly fuel you because you know at your core that is what's most meaningful to you. All right, let's go for a uh, let's go for a dashboard decision. Say you're in a season of life where you just moved to a new location and you're looking for a mentor and there's a couple of people that have popped up in your season of life that could be your mentor. Who do you choose? Well, if you have the core value of family, you now have a different question to ask when it comes to finding a mentor which is which of your options hold the same admiration with family that you hope to have one day boom now you've just got a new way of making that decision all right and then let's go for a big road decision and this can this can be a very typical and a narrative that you hear a lot from different people uh, say you've got two opportunities before you for a new job One's got more perks. Uh, one is more ideal to what you've been thinking about in the future. You just didn't know what it looked like, but it's further away. And then you've got another job that is a decent job. It's one that you would probably enjoy, but it doesn't have what the other job has. You may look at the other job and be like, that's a once in a lifetime opportunity. But if family is your core value, then it may be very difficult for you to come to peace with the decision of moving to a job that's further away, opposed to a job where you could find peace because you have access to your family and the time to visit that family. This is just one of the many examples of how finding a core value puts you in a posture to be able to make decisions differently. And the beauty of core values is none of these decisions that I just brought up to you were working off of this 20-year down-the-road picture of the future that you have everything figured out. All these decisions arise from a posture. And this is where we start to tap into a picture of our truest self. If the odometer and the dashboard and the road decisions all align. It helps us decide and make decisions in line with the future that we can't see. Posture, not picture, is what helps us figure out what we want in life. I've discovered that one of my prayers for people is that they actually vocalize what they want in life. Too many people live life without even stating what they want in life. There's an author that I have the highest regard for by the name of Emily P. Freeman, who writes this great reflection piece on knowing what you want in life. In less words, she basically says that there are three great gifts 
awaiting around the corner for anyone who's brave enough to declare what they want out of the life that they've been given. And the three are these. The first is confidence. I hate to say it, but many of our decisions are made because of voices other than our own. When you declare what you want instead of what someone else wants for you, you are giving your inner voice a seat at the table. You're giving yourself a chance to bump into you in a way that you've never known before. So the first is confidence. The second that she writes about, the gift around the corner is a gift to others. When others know what you want in life, they know how to help you best in life. No more games, no more trying to figure out what so-and-so is about. It makes clear what we're about in life and how others can walk alongside of us as we try to figure out what we're about. And the final gift that she recounts is around the corner is the ability to accept. And when she says the ability to accept, she means it on multiple levels. Declaring what we want in life helps us accept it when the chance comes our way. Or maybe a better way to say that is if the chance comes our way. Because it also helps us accept the loss when what we want in life doesn't come our way. It helps us to know the inner why of why we want something and what we lose in the moment when we don't get it. And also just vocalizing out loud what we ultimately desire. And I'm not just talking about what you've been coached to say that you desire, but to actually say in real terms what you desire in life and to speak that publicly gives us a chance to hear it, to evaluate it, and many times recalibrate it and find the right motives behind what we want. It's one of the most interesting questions to ask in life. What do you truly want out of the life that you've been given? It's revealing and it's vulnerable. And every day we have the chance to answer that question. Core values help us make the decisions that actually align with what we want. And I'm convinced of one thing, though. If we're brave enough to live into our core values, we will most likely draw a picture of our lives in the future that we could have never dreamt of before. Honestly, my hope is, is that when it comes time for someone to talk about all the breaths you took in between the year you were born in the year of your passing, people will talk about it in a way of they filled the space in their life wisely. I hope that many people tell many stories about how you filled the space in between those two dates. May you fill the space with your core values. This has been the space stone of the infinity stone challenge. I feel like at this point I need to like sing the space jam song to you. It's been playing in my head this entire time, but I will save you and not do that. There is an email list that we have for the infinity stone challenge. And also just for the onto something podcast as a whole Thursdays, we're now releasing 
those emails. So if you heard in this podcast, there is a resource that comes with the list of Brene's core values. If you sign up on that email list before Thursday, you'll be able to receive the email that has that resource. You can go to our Instagram bio at onto something pod and click add your email and then you'll be receiving those emails. So until the next podcast, may you remember that you are onto something.